morning, everybody. Brought some books. Brought my library. Actually, my library is on Kindle now. Thank the Lord for Kindle, right? But if it wasn't for Kindle, I'd need a bigger house. Um, grab your Bibles with me. We all know this one, Psalm 23. Thank you, Carson. So many great songs. What's that? Is that a Bethel? That's a brand new Bethel song. Didn't he do great with that song? So good. Thanks, pal. Uh, if you need a Bible, our ushers are in the aisles. Happy to share a copy of God's Word with you this morning and a little booklet here. Come on, almost too pretty to write in, church. Give it up for our team. Such a great job putting this book together for us. Where the grass is greener. Come on, give me another church that's pumping this type of great products out for you. Yeah, right? Um, all done uh, in-house. If other churches are doing it, let me know. Uh, if they are, they're probably outsourcing it. This was all done in-house, a great team. And I was talking to Bon about it last night. Uh, bon was in church last night, so I was totally, I know, it was great. Um, it, was, it was wonderful. And I was totally distracted. Um, I'm like, have I ever done a series on Psalm 23? She's like, no. Why? I don't know. Has anyone else, has anyone else like done a series on it? She's like, no, I don't ever remember. And sometimes I think familiarity does. You know the line. And maybe we kind of avoid it in the sense of just assuming everybody knows it. And we do. Your grandma probably had it uh, on the kitchen wall on a plaque, right? Um, but just to, uh, to soak it in, to take a few weeks here during Lent and, uh, and soak it in. Yeah? Right? You with me? Amen? Let's read it together. Let's recite it. Come on, let's start this way. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hold on a sec. Something just happened. We'll get to it. Did you notice that? We've changed pronouns. Like as personal as it was when he kept saying, he will lead me and he will make me and he will restore me. Now the he becomes what? You. For you are with me. In other words, as the trouble and crisis increases... So does his presence. You thought it was personal when you were saying he, how much more personal when we say you, for you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Come on, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, come on, 
forever. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise this morning. Uh, so many, six verses, and yet so many books. And coffee, much needed this morning. Wow. My fave, uh, here's Lewis's uh, reflection of the Psalms. I think these are all in the booklet, by the way, unless they're in my Kindle, I didn't bring them out. Here's uh, Eugene Peterson wrote a book called Answering God, Answering God, the Psalms as Tools for Prayer. I love Gene. I love Eugene Peterson. Awesome. He's got one here that has sold a 15 million copies. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, Prayers of the Heart. Here's my favorite. This has got to be my favorite. This is uh, Philip Keller. You got this book? Philip Keller uh, is from Australia. He's actually a shepherd, and he writes a shepherd's look at the 23rd Psalm. Really impactful book. Incredible. Um, they're all listed in the booklet here, so you don't have to like feverishly jot all these down. But I don't know if this one is. This is the, this is the Shepherd Reflections on Psalm 23. This is by James Collins. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later in the series. Um, I got it marked. We got we got four weeks to go. It's going to be great. Here's Goff's latest book. My dear buddy, great friend. Um, uh, highly recommend it. This guy, sort of a young, up and coming millennial dude, living out in the woods in North Carolina. Uh, Timothy Willard written a book called uh, "Longing for More." Longing for more. Uh, daily Reflections on Finding God in the Rhythms of Life. And that's what this psalm is. It's all about the rhythms of life. And uh, so, highly recommend this guy to you. Timothy Willard, great mind, real, real intellect, C.S. Lewis scholar he is. And, uh, and not related to Dallas Willard, by the way. So a lot of people think that uh, he is, but he's not. Uh, and a lot, a, lot, a lot of you know Dallas Willard. He was at USC for a number of years in the department, philosophy department. And... Uh, adjunct professor would come over. I was doing my doctorate at Azusa, and he would come over uh, and was dear friends with uh, Dr. Richard Foster, uh, who's written a number of incredible books, and uh, he, would, he would teach us in the program, Life Without Lack, Life Without Lack, uh, Living in the Fullness of Psalm 23. And then another one of my favorites, boy, if you can get your hands on anything that Ken Bailey has written, I, I just highly recommend this to you. Um, when I had first gotten married, Bonnie was so gracious to let me go to Israel for two months and study under this guy at Tantur, an ecumenical, uh, biblical uh, institute, and uh, we'd, we'd study it, and then we'd go see it, which blew, blew my mind. It's incredible, and he's got a number of great books. Can't wait to see him again. He's already in heaven. Beat me home. But uh, anything you can grab from Ken Bailey, grab it. He's got a great book here on Psalm 23 called The Good Shepherd, and, and uh, it shows up a number of times here in, uh, in my booklet as well. And, and, uh, and here's one I don't recommend. Don't recommend it at all, and we'll get to that later, so you'll just have to hold on. Um, I love how the message puts it. Here, grab your booklet with me. Isn't it kind of interesting that right as this pandemic began to ease up, Gas prices surge, and this horrible war breaks out, and uh, your freedoms continue to be denied. Like, oh, we can take the masks off and go somewhere? We can't afford to go anywhere, right? 
or put milk in our coffee at 11 bucks a gallon. It's like there is this conspiracy going on, spiritually speaking, and you begin to ask yourself, where is it greener? Well, the grass is greener. You know the grass is greener on the other side. We all kind of grew up with that statement. I've thought about it. Well, the grass is greener where you water it, man. Well, the grass is greener because it's over the sewer system. Well, let me point you to Psalm 23 because that's where the grass is greener. Your home. This is it. And beautiful for us to see where we're going in this booklet. And I love how Solomon puts it here that uh, if we acknowledge him in all of our ways, if we acknowledge him and allow him to be the shepherd, then he will direct our path as, as sheep. And hear this message translation beautifully in a contemporary sort of way says, says, God, my shepherd. Entirely different for you to see him as your God, for you to see him as your Lord, for you to see him as your Savior, now to see him as your shepherd. See, now now, now listen, because if he's your shepherd, you're allowing him to get in your grill. You're allowing him to lead. This is a super big challenge around this neck of the woods. Because we all want to be our own leader and look at the success of all that I've accomplished in, in my own leading. No, 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 getting to the point of allowing him to take the lead. Jesus, take the wheel. God, you're my shepherd. And when you're my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush pastures. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath. And you send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. Isn't that beautiful? This is Eugene Peterson's translation of Psalm 23. And as Steve pointed out, Pastor Steve, last week in Psalm 22 was all about the cross. Psalm 23 is all about the crook, the shepherd's crook. Psalm 22 is all about the cross. Psalm 23 is all about the crook. And Psalm 24 is all about the crown. And we'll get there together. We'll get there, in fact, on Palm Sunday when they declare him king and want to crown him. And that, that is the, the, the context of the scenario in which here, now, David would write and say, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. What does that mean? What does that mean? We'll drill down on that together. We'll unpack that. And the difference between a rod and a staff, both mentioned in the psalm, what's the difference? For all of this he uses to revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessings. Your 
beauty and love chase after me every day of my life and I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. So, so here's where we're going. Today, a bit of an overview intro and I believe there's beauty in the basics. So let's just soak them in together. Five words that change everything. That's week one. And the next week, get to this book that I don't recommend any of you read. I'll get to it next weekend because... Um, we're going to look at this uh, refreshing contentment that can be found in the midst of a current of want. And we are in the midst of a, of a torrent, of a rushing current of want. How can you find contentment in the midst of this rip current of, of want? Well, Psalm 23 gives it to us. And then... Uh, Week three, incidentally, wedding week. They're all wedding weeks, by the way. Nathan, uh, wonderful, dear guy here in the church. I've watched him grow up, known him since a little kid. He's getting married today. Nathan Nichols, uh, props to the Nichols family. You raised a great son. That'll be fun. First wedding for Josh Dyer. Yeah, so that'll be, uh, and then next weekend, Stassi's getting married. And then the weekend following that is Matt and McKenna. And so we got weddings lined up uh, here at the church. And, and here at week three, so, so week one, that's Nathan. Uh, week two, that's Stassi. Week three, Matt and McKenna. The narrow path and the parallel life. The narrow path and the parallel life uh, is week three. We'll all be here for that, Lord willing. And then we'll wrap it up week four with a growing confidence. This is so clutch, this is so relevant. A, a growing confidence amidst growing crisis. And then I got some further studies there for you and a little epilogue. And, um, but this is it. I'm telling you straight up. This is the Oscar. This is the Psalm of Psalms. And just so absolutely thrilled and blessed that we get to study it together. I think it is so well loved because life is so complicated. That's why people who don't even know the Bible know Psalm 23. That's why people who don't even go to church know Psalm 23. It is so, so well beloved because life is so complicated. Like for all of us right now in the room, you're, you're in one of three categories. You are either, spoiler alert, you're either about to go into a major crisis <laughs> welcome to earth or you're already in the midst of one or you are finding yourself just emerging out of one and about to hit repeat <laughs> that's why this psalm is so loved that's why these five words need to truly be camped out in the midst of and, and, and absorbed. Because the comfort isn't in knowing the psalm. The comfort is in knowing the shepherd. In the midst of the crisis, in the, in the, in the midst of the sudden change, you come back to the basics. You pull out the beloved Grammy this is the best song. This is the Emmy. 
This is the best ever. And it's all about God, and it's about you, and it's about me, and it's about life, and it's about love, and it's about sacrifice, and it's about a happily ever after that isn't a fairy tale. It's incredibly relevant. 3,000-year-old poem about the, the, the protection of a loving shepherd along all of life's dangerous travels. I love how Max Lucado puts it. Max Lucado, it could be in the pile. He's, he's on my Kindle. Max Lucado says uh, it, it, is a, it is a psalm written by a shepherd who becomes king about the king who becomes a shepherd. Wow, just soak that in. I don't think it's in the booklet, but fill it in somewhere. Jot that down. Um, he's, he's there with the, David with the sheep, and, 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 and now inspired by the Holy Spirit, this, this, this shepherd who, by God's grace and anointing, the shepherd that becomes king writes a, Psalm that wins the Oscar, that wins the Grammy, that wins the Emmy. The, the, the psalm that talks about a, a, a king that empties himself. This king that rolls up his sleeve. This king that gets dirty and messy on our behalf. This king that becomes a shepherd that ultimately becomes a shepherd that lays his life down for his sheep. Wow. Incredible. So... Uh, Grab the booklet. We'll fill this in together. Um, this is a labor of love. This has kept me up late at night, just trying to give it a fresh spin and all. And uh, it's really meant just to keep me on task. Otherwise, we'd be here all day. And gives me an opportunity to hear from all the OCDers in the church. Like, he left out one. He didn't fill in. I have a fill-in that didn't get filled. What do we do? What do we do? Do we email him? He missed one of the blanks. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to fill in all the blank. You're going to have to fill in some of the. I'm not here to fill it all and do all the work for you. In fact, maybe the first fill-in for you to fill in would be this. I'm not OCD. <laughs> like, fill that in. Write it 50 times if you have to. I'm not OCD. I'm not OCD. I'm not OCD. But ultimately, the ones that we do fill in together, I, I, I pray they just whet your appetite and just cause for you to even further fall in love this incredible song. Uh, it shows itself in, in so many of a variety of different perspectives. I think one in which Paul borrows from Psalm 23 is he writes to a troubled church in Ephesus that is surrounded by this, this cultural current and crisis at the time as well. And the looming push and move of the Roman Empire. And he, he writes here, page 10, about, about this loving shepherd that, that has forever and eternity meant to be exactly that for us in the midst of whatever we find ourselves faced with. And Paul writes and says, again through the lens of Eugene Peterson, that, that long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had us in mind. 
settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Underline that, circle that, jot that. It's like, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ, got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Had designs on us for glorious living, part of an overall purpose. He's working out in everything and in and in everyone. So here's five words. These aren't the five words that change everything, but look, look at them right here. We possess a supernatural longing. They need you to get this. They need you to soak this in. This is so this is crucially important as we begin to go forward. And this is the five words. And although not the five words referenced in the title, they're necessary in bringing us to the point where this beloved psalm can now take full, full effect. That there is within us, built into our DNA, wired within us, this, 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 this supernatural longing. we got to see that. we gotta, got to receive that, accept that. So that, here, fill this in, so that he is the good shepherd. He's not just the shepherd, he's the, he's the good shepherd. Okay, fill that in. Just fill that, because sometimes filling it in, just play along. Sometimes filling it in does something. It just sort of like seals something. Spiritually speaking, I think it does. I think it sort of, Set something into motion as you not only see the words of it, but, but in, in jotting it down, you're now participating in the process with me to the point of realizing, here's your deal. Here's the deal. Here's the number one thing in your life. Who's leading? Who's got the reins? Who's got the wheel? Who's, who's your leader? And that's why I find the psalm to be so fascinating. We all absolutely have this in common, all of us. We love Psalm 23. And it is a most beloved, Emmy-winning psalm and so offensive at the same time. Is it not? I mean, you, you and I in the psalm have just been called out as being likened to the dumbest animal on the planet. Sheep are dumb. Sheep need help. They need help. They need help with what? Um, everything. They need help with everything. So who's leading? Who's got the lead? And, 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 and if you feel for, for whatever reason that, that you're the odd gal out, you're the odd man out, that you don't possess this supernatural longing, I'm telling you what, you... You, you, you just, in having breath in your lungs and a beat in your heart, come to the realization and, 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 and play that there is this, this longing to be led. Who's leading? And that he's your best choice. He's the one, for he is, in fact, the good shepherd. And we, you've already filled it in, right? We are what? We are, 
We're, I'm going to use this word. We're susceptible. When was the last time you wrote that? We are susceptible sheep. Why have I picked that word? We're prone. Prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy course. We are susceptible or inclined or predispositioned or at risk to wander, to reject, to rebel. There's a proud, wild streak in your wife. And one wives in your husbands, in your sons, in your daughters. I remember we, we had a, a staffer here decades ago, and raising his kids, and she raising hers, and they were like the most undisciplined church brats that uh, had ever sort of grazed the campus. And I'm like, dude, you ought to discipline that kid. And he's like, oh, no, we don't believe in discipline. I'm like, you are nuts. No, we don't want to like in any way, you know, sort of like affect their little personality. Their little personality is like a wild boar, okay? So um, here, here's the deal. We're, we're, we are prone in our sinful nature to reject this, this whole apparatus, this whole scenario, and, and choose the trail of our choice. And it will never lead you home, my friend. It won't. It won't in any way, shape, or form lead you home. And so we're susceptible. And he's the choice. He's the, he's the, he's the only one that can bring this wild streak to a place of surrender. And so I think as we start this whole deal and kind of begin to break it down into its various parts, we start with this acknowledgement of, of admitting that we need to be led. There's... Um, there's eight times that now through Scripture this psalm is, is going to, probably more, but, but, but eight in particular where, where this portrait of a poem is, is, is reappearing in, in, in its beauty. Here they are. It's Jeremiah 23. Jot these down. It's, it's worthy of, of you just sort of like Soaking all of this in for all that it has uh, to provide. It's, it's Ezekiel 34. It's Zechariah chapter 10. And then into the New Testament, it's Matthew 18. And it's Mark chapter 6. And it's Luke chapter 15. And it's, it's John chapter 10. This is what we will get to in week three of a parallel life that continues to show itself up throughout Scripture in keeping us on the straight and narrow path as ones to whom now have admitted we need to be led. We need a shepherd. John 10, he comes out and he goes, My sheep 
know my voice. Right? And then Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5. That's eight. Eight times. Eight is the octave. Eight is like, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. And you're like, finish it. No. You know, just like, it's got to be complete. And it's complete in the eight that follow Psalm 23 as they reappear throughout Scripture. It is this completed picture. It becomes almost in an octave form as if Psalm 23, smack dab in the middle of our Bible, is our middle C. It's our middle C. And if you were to, if you were to, if you were to need to tune the piano, you would, you would start with... You would start with middle C and you'd grab one of these. You'd grab this. What is it? Come on. Yeah, and you would like. Find it. Because it's off and it's out of tune and it, it, it needs something to bring it, to bring it back to its center. And that's exactly what Psalm 23 does. It is our tuning fork. It takes the things that are, that are out of tune or out of step and brings us back into sync and in alignment with, 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 with who he desires to be in our lives so this octave for us also can find its completion in Christ. This image that's being replayed and thus throughout Scripture engraved in our hearts is pointing to the reality that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone is our good shepherd. He is the one who is given the reins and given the keys and given the wheel and given the lead and, 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 and we like sheep. It's like, hey, this is it. I mean, it's the question of all questions to be asked this morning. Am I his sheep? I don't think there's any more important question to ask yourself. Am I his sheep? Am I part of his fold? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I am. Do I hear his voice? John 10. The living out of this poem in Psalm 23 is, do I, do I hear his? Well, I don't know. Do I hear his voice in his word? Through his spirit. In, in, in the fellowship of believers here as the bride in church, in church, in, in times of prayer, am I, am I, am I still thinking a, a better shepherd is going to come along with a better offer? Answer, no, no other way, no other gate, no other greener pastures, San Diego, than the pastures that are found in Jesus Christ. That's it, that's it, that's Yancey, I'm reading Yancey's book as well. Philip Yancey, fill this in, sums up the entire the entire thing, the theme of it all, the whole Bible, he sums it all up as this. God gets his family back. That's, that's the whole beauty of this love story. God gets his flock back. He gets his fold back. He even tells us that he leaves the 99 to go after the one so that he can Get his family back. This has been robbed and duped and deceived and stolen because of sin. Now, now, now listen, this whole idea of outlines, I, I, it's, it's not like so we can 
it's, it's not so we can fill in the answers. I don't want to turn church into school. Some of you are like, oh, I know, I just, I just want to come and sit. Then just come and sit. Do Wordle. I don't care. I don't think it's about answers. I think it's about change. And here's a huge change. Maybe the biggest one, one of the biggest ones in the whole series right here for you to fill in. That there is a fruitful outcome. Fill this in. And I so, so believe this with all my heart. And I, I, I see this in so many of a number of families that, that will write me. They'll, they'll, they'll reach out to me broken hearted over what's going on. I saw this uh, lived out, exhibited in my pastor, uh, Mike McIntosh, and certainly in Chuck Smith. Here's, here's a huge change in the making right now as we fill this in together. There's a fruitful outcome. That's, some, that's saying something. There's going to be a fruitful outcome. There's going to be a return on investment. Listen, when we start treating unbelievers some of them telling you, some of you are writing me, you're just like, Bob, my kid, gosh, talk about a wild boar. I know, I know, okay, here it is. Are you ready? You ready to fill this in? Treating the unbeliever as lost versus wrong. That's huge. That's absolutely And some of you are going to write me, yeah, but they're wrong. I know, I know, I know. I know they're wrong. Totally wrong. But if we would begin to see them as the shepherd sees them, more as lost, let's help them find their way home. It, it now allows for there to be in this very difficult and, 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 and serious equation that is before you, this this. This, 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 this issue of gender, this, this issue of sexual choice, this issue of sin, this, this issue of sex, this issue of soccer now. We're ripping them right out of church. It's like I raised a man, they never go. I know, they're lost. See them lost as opposed to just seeing them wrong. I'm not saying they're not wrong. I'm just saying this changes the level of our compassion, and we see them as lost. Naturally, we all stray. Naturally, sinful nature, we are all vulnerable. And yet here, through his guidance, comes value. He, he is, the, the shepherd is literally in this psalm valuing the lot of the sheep. The sheep that can do nothing for itself falls down, needs help up. He's valuing. Value comes to the, to the surface and, 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 and They're, 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 he, he knows their condition. He knows their vulnerability. He knows their plight. He knows their status. But he also knows their fortune and he also knows their destiny. And he brings that value in this desire to see them. So the shepherd then 
for us begins to reflect the very nature and heart of God. He gets his family back. And, and, and exhibits for us this, this, this love that maybe then would allow us to go into this, this, this new week and, and, and all of the circumstances that are facing this planet right now with more of a faithful pursuit of a fruitful outcome and seeing, isn't it amazing the guy, the, the, the blind guy that ultimately ends up getting healed, they're like, yeah, who did this? And he goes, I, I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't even catch his name. What do you mean you didn't catch his name? What was his name? And the guy's like, I don't know. All I know is this. What's he say? Remember what he says? All I know is this. I once was lost. and Now I'm found. I once was blind and now I... Now I see. Isn't that it? Isn't that it? That's it. So what are the five? Here they are. Here are the five. You know what they, the five, the Lord is my shepherd. But you got to fill it in. The, the. Fill it in. The, as opposed to many or a. It's not, it's not a Lord is my, it's the. Not options. Not a variety. Not a multiple choice. Not many, not some, not a. The, fill it in. Lord, not a force, not a power, not a guru, not a priest, not a teacher, not an in, in, in intellectual, sort of like powerful designer, not a chakra, and not the ocean. The ocean is my shut up. The, the, the Lord, the Lord, the, the Lord, the Lord is. As opposed to could or might or or someday or should be or well I hope are you going to heaven well I hope is there's nothing in this psalm that is future tense it is present tense it is mean to be camped out in now the Lord is not maybe could be might be someday is the Lord is my my come on say it with me the Lord is mine as opposed to theirs there's no theirs there's no others there's no them there's no mom he's mom's too praise god but but you're not in because the lord is mom's or grandma's no grandkids in heaven no grandkids in heaven just kids just sheep that have admitted and surrendered and confessed, I need to be led, I need a shepherd. The Lord is my. Changes everything. My, the, not some, not options. The Lord is my, not just there, not just my shepherd. My shepherd, not just my God. He can be your God and he can be so far beyond the clouds that you never let him get in your face. You never let him be the one who's leading on a date. He is my shepherd, not just the big guy, not the man upstairs, not a sounding board, and certainly not your iPhone. The Lord is my iPhone. No. The Lord is my boyfriend. No. The Lord is my Shepherd. I love, I love that story of the prodigal son. And my goodness, how Psalm 23 is now lived out 
in the story of the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son who says to his dad, I just want you to go ahead and make believe you're dead because I want the inheritance now. So just, just, just lay down, pretend you're dead and give me all the money. And he goes off and begins to think what? That the grass is greener in the foreign country of sin and comes to discover. He comes to discover while he's feeding pigs. I mean, how low can the Jewish boy fall? It's better at home than here. Where's the grass greener? It's greener at home. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and say, Dad, I'm not, I'm not worthy to be your son. Just make me a servant. Just put me in the back pasture. I'll feed the sheep. And the dad sees him come and rushes to him. And the guy's trying to get his speech out. And dad says, nope, nope, nope. Hey, get the ring. Get the robe. My son was lost lost and now he's found he was dead and now he's alive michelangelo how beautifully michael michelangelo like this sculptor right what a quote he says so now from this mad passion which made me make art of an idol and a king I've learned the burden of air that I bore. The world's frivolities have robbed me of the time that I was given for reflecting upon God. It's like the painter's sculpture, par excellence. What, what, what's he doing? He's getting back in tune, and you're like, well, I'm not a sculptor, man. I'm not an artist. I'm not a painter. You could drop your business world right into that quote and say, you know what I've come to realize? I've come to realize that all of that, if not properly tuned and aligned in my life, is going to end up robbing me from what I was given to be devoted, reflecting upon God. Here's five. Here, here's, here, here's, here's another five. Do you get those five? Those five life-changing words. Basic, I know, but, but basically the most beautiful thing ever. Here's five. Child, God's got your back. That's Psalm 23 in a nutshell right there. That's 2022. That's whatever is before us. And we're in touch with 22 churches that are Calvary chapels and horizons throughout Ukraine. And I've been asked to send... Uh, email, video messages to those churches, words of encouragement to them in the midst of this plight. Child, just have to be able to help all of us see the faithfulness of our shepherd that in the midst of whatever it is, globally or locally, that you are faced with, God's got your back, child. God's got this. I mean, God's got this so much that that I left this for you to fill in. You gotta do it, it's just a pretty amazing exercise. You just fill in your name. Every single one of those blanks on page 11, I want you to fill in, the Lord is Bob's shepherd. Bob shall not want. He makes Bob to lie down in green pastures. He leads Bob. Don't fill in Bob, I'm filling in Bob. You fill in your name. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yea, though Bob walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Bob will fear no evil, for you are with Bob. God's got your back. God's got your back, child. Here's another five. Here's another five. You want another five? Carson, come on up. Help me, help me. Let's close this service. Here's five. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you've done. Bob, you don't know what I've done. You've you got to keep filling that. You anoint Bob's head with oil. Bob's cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow Bob all the days of Bob's life, and Bob will dwell in the house. doesn't matter what you've done. Moses committed murder. Buried the Egyptian he killed in the sand. David who's writing this psalm, commits the atrocities of adultery and murder. Cancel culture would have an absolute heyday with these guys in Scripture. Saul of Tarsus stood applauding at the murder of Stephen, the first martyr of the church. doesn't matter what you've done. Your, your ultimate well-being, all of it, church, depends on the shepherd that you choose to lead your life. And that shepherd will lead you. I've, I've given you some things to fill in on page 12 that the, the Lord is my, and there's a whole list waiting for you to enjoy filling in or the antithesis to it all if you want is the inverted version of of the psalm i'm on my own nobody looks out for no 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 nonsense with that junk rather much rather to allow him to be in your life all that he has ever and only desired. So Lord, we just pray for that. We pray for that this morning that you would just wash over us with the goodness of the truth and power of Psalm 23. Help us to lie down in green pastures. Where the grass is really greener, beside the still waters, allow you, Lord Jesus, to restore my soul. Bless this study, bless this series. I pray that you would open ears to hear your voice, maybe for some, for the very first time, and that we would, we would respond to that voice, we would obey that voice, we would 
adhere to that voice. We would love the sound of that voice that's going to faithfully guide us through the ups and downs and trials, temptations of this life and lead us not into your pasture, not into your backyard, going to lead us right into your house where we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Church, how good does that sound? Can you give him praise this morning? Come on, let's stand and let's sing this to him.